feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, five, or five. What's up, listeners, and welcome to the scariest edition of the Force 5 Podcast. It's time for the third annual Halloween special, that time of year when I get the experts of horror onto the show to give some recommendations so that your Halloween is packed with amazing things to watch. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today's guest is film director Jill Gavargizian, whose horror film The Stylist should be on your watch list this season, and we're going to talk more about that here in a little bit. To me, Halloween is such an awesome time of the year. I mean, here in California, you see those decorations start popping up at Target, and you know that the unbearably hot season is just about over, because almost on Halloween, like clockwork, it starts cooling off from the summer. Last Halloween, my family and I all went as characters from Into the Spider-Verse. The kid went as Miles Morales, my wife, Ghost Spider, and I went as the, uh, the, the schlubby sweatpants-wearing Peter Parker. It was a lot of fun. So I asked my kid this year, I said, hey, what do you want to be? And he said, Spider-Man. <laughs> I was like, you were Spider-Man last year. And he said, I'm going to be Spider-Man every year. So, uh, hey, let's do it. I'm not sure what I'm going to be yet. Uh, I'm curious as to what some of my listeners' costumes will be. So let me know on Instagram. Let me know on Twitter. Now, before we get into the tricks and the treats, last week, Wayne G. from Recasted and I talked some of our favorite baseball movies to prepare for the Major League Baseball playoffs. And with a topic that deep, of course, we were going to leave a few off of our lists that needed to be on there. Not in the top five. Did they get it right? Excuse my language. Okay. Hell no. (laughs) I can't believe. Who, who made that list? Who made that? That's blasphemous. Don't look at me. That's blasphemous. All right. What did we miss? Dinosaur Leaf said Cobb with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Fudge Supreme 22 said Rookie of the Year. User Ah, A-A-A-H-H-H said Field of Dreams. And of course, we did not have Field of Dreams. We mentioned why on that show. Uh, D-Bob822 said Angels in the Outfield. Uh, let's see. St. Patty93 said Angels in the Infield. Um, okay, I guess. I guess if that's what you like. Summer Catch was mentioned by the Greyhound. And Lazy Dog Chicken Tenders said Blue Skies Again, which is a movie that I had not heard of before this. Um, if you want more baseball movie recommendations over on Letterboxd, if you go to letterboxd.com backslash force5, I have created a list of what I believe is the definitive baseball movies list. There are 137 baseball films on this list, ranging from the, you know, the Field of Dreams and the League of Their Owns to baseball movies that maybe people haven't heard of, like Death in the Diamond or um, The Kid from Left Field or Up for Grabs. There's a lot of stuff on there. So if you're looking to get into some more baseball movies, Go over to letterbox.com backslash force five and check out my list of definitive baseball movies. Now, I've been watching some scary stuff since the last time I talked to you. If you want to hear me absolutely decimate Halloween ends, you can hear that review over on the Patreon feed, patreon.com backslash force five or head to force five podcast.com for that. Today, though, I'm going to talk about something that I actually liked and would really recommend to people this season, and that's Disney's Werewolf by night. This Halloween, 
You can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. Marvel has put so much content out on Disney Plus that for somebody who's pretty busy, it's nearly impossible to keep up. Now, I have seen Hawkeye, I've seen Captain America and Winter Soldier, I've seen WandaVision, and I've seen a little bit of What If, but I haven't seen Moon Knight, She-Hulk, or any of the other things they've released. It's just a big time commitment. Even at like six or eight episodes, you're looking at six or eight hours. So when I heard about Werewolf by Night, I thought it sounded really cool, but I wasn't ready to sink six or seven hours into a new show. Imagine my surprise when I found out that this was not a series, but rather a true television film at 53 minutes. So I put this one on and right off the bat, you can see that this film is not like anything Marvel has ever put on Disney+. For starters, it's black and white. Now the film takes place at Bloodstone Manor, home of the now deceased Ulysses Bloodstone. Ulysses Bloodstone is an interesting deep cut from the Marvel catalog, as his publication history was a rocky one. The character was introduced in 1975 in Marvel Presents, and was set to be included in the Where Monsters Dwell series, but that comic was swiftly cancelled. After that, the Bloodstone story was just kind of wrapped, and then he reappeared in the Rampaging Hulk in 1977, where he was killed. The character has made appearances here and there throughout the years, um, in like 1999, he was in a Captain America book, but he's never had his own book. So how fitting that when he makes his MCU debut, he's already dead. Now, several monster hunters are congregating in the Bloodstone Manor Crypt, a place filled with relics and decorated with the heads of fallen monsters adorned to the walls. Among the monster hunters are Jack Russell, played by Gael Garcia Bernal, the daughter of Ulysses Bloodstone, Elsa, and then a couple of guys named Jovan, Azrael, Leorn, and Barrasso. After a brief introduction to the Night's Hunt, they're let into a labyrinth to kill a wild beast for the chance to leave with the Bloodstone, an ancient artifact that grants the wielder special protections. Because of the power it contains, the monster isn't the only thing they'll need to contend with. The power-hungry monster hunters are not going to let anything or anyone, get in their way. Of course, some of these monster hunters have secrets of their own. I had a blast with Werewolf by Night. It's directed by Michael Giacchino, composer for Jurassic World, The Batman, Mission Impossible Fallout, Up, and many other Pixar films. And if you're worried about his lack of experience behind the camera, it's understandable. But rest assured, this man knows what he is doing. The film is shot wonderfully, featuring several scenes that are direct homages to the classic Universal monster movies and Hammer horror films. A scene in which one of the participants transforms into a werewolf was particularly impressive, as we see the shift happening in the shadows against a wall. As expected, the music is amazing. The film is also much gorier than I expected coming from Marvel. Somebody gets their hand cut off, an arrow goes up through somebody's chin, and we see it, and there's a good amount of practical effects and blood, albeit black blood since the movie is shot in black and white, but hey, it's blood nonetheless. At only 53 minutes, I feel like I wanted more Werewolf by Night, but I really do love the short runtime. It's a breeze to watch and perfectly sets the tone for a spooky Halloween night. Keep your expectations in check, however, if you're a Marvel fan who only wants to see the latest superheroes flying around, this is not the Avengers. 
If you can appreciate old-school, up-all-night horror films from the golden age of Hollywood, this film is going to be right up your alley. I highly recommend Werewolf by Night. Before we get to our spooky sponsors and our Halloween picks, I have to thank this week's newest Patreon subscribers who actually keep the show going. Shout out to two, yes, two new executive producers on the show, Musa Mahmood and Pita Beta from the Middle Class Film Class podcast for putting their money where my wallet is. And Eric Peacock from the Soundtracker podcast, who is our newest five for five member. Thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. If you want to join in on the exclusive content, patreon.com backslash force five. All right, roll those Halloween ads. Make Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like $6 million man, bionic woman, superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind, bubblegum, lollipops, fun-sized candy bars. Get this Halloween record, sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Dead time stories. All brand new and straight from my boiler room to your home. It's Freddy Krueger on your phone. So dial this number now if you dare. Tell them Freddy sent you. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. Yes, you can talk to Freddy before bed if you don't want to wait until you're asleep. The number is 1-900-909-FRED. That's 1-900-909-FRED. And tell him the Force 5 podcast sent you for a special dead time story. Welcome back to the Force 5 podcast and the third annual Halloween special. This show is always one of my favorite shows to do. Last year, I was joined by horror writer Mike Thorne. And who better to follow up that show than with Jill Gavargazian? She's a producer and director whose debut horror feature, The Stylist, was nominated for Best Debut Feature at this year's Fangoria Chainsaw Awards and won or was nominated for awards at all kinds of other film festivals. Jill Congratulations on the success of The Stylist. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on the show, especially the Halloween edition. That's that's a huge honor. I'm so excited to have you on for this, for this episode. And when I reached out, I was really glad that you chose to be the guest for this one. Listeners, look, Jill and I are going to give you some awesome Halloween picks for the spooky season, but if you have not seen The Stylist yet, pause the podcast Go start with that film. I think it's best gone into blind. Um, I'm just going to say about the movie that it's a really unique portrait of a serial killer. And it's got an ending that rocks. <laughs> you will never look at the person who does your hair the same way after you see this film. Just a, a dynamite first feature. And obviously, I'm a proponent of physical media. And Arrow, one of the best Blu-ray production houses that's in production right now, has a Blu-ray out. It's amazing. Thank you. How did it feel, Jill, to hold a Blu-ray of your very own film in your hands for the first time? Oh, my God. It was so surreal. I mean, it still feels like I don't know if any of this is really happening or not. <laughs> um, and then to work with a company, like you said, that is just, I mean, they're, what they're known for is putting out these pristine, you know, special editions of films we've known for a long time. They're just now kind of getting into the newer films. Um, so 
when I first heard that we had an offer from Arrow, I just like screamed and told the rest <laughs> of the gang. I was like, I doubt a better offer is going to come in. These people, like they love films clearly based on like the what they put out. And it's like, this will be a company we can trust and it'll be like so exciting to work with. And then look what the hell they did for us. It's so freaking cool. Yeah. And it's a great disc. It's packed with special features from shorts to a commentary by you, um, deleted scenes. Like there's just so much stuff on there. So much stuff. A lot of behind the scenes, the making of, and we were, in fact, we were already like working on putting those behind the scene featurettes together, which there's like a whole, like, I can't even remember now, eight or 10 of them. And yeah. all with different the like subjects and, we were already putting them together before we knew where where they'd end up. So when Arrow came along, that's again why I was like, oh my gosh, they're the special features, you know, <laughs> fucking royalty. We've got to do this. No doubt. Yeah, it's a great disc. Um, now, obviously, horror films aren't everything that you watch. So and, and just really just from watching The Stylist, I assume you were influenced by Brian De Palma. Yes. Uh, what are some of your favorite films that might not come up on a Halloween recommendation list? It's funny because this question also for me always raises that silly debate that the horror community has. What's what is a <laughs> horror movie versus thriller? Like, sure. A lot of De Palma films like you brought up. <laughs> Because I also think about like Fincher is one of my favorite directors that is argued. Is it horror thriller? It's everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet's one of my favorites, which I feel like once you know it, you then can see that maybe in the stylist also. <laughs> it's my it's my Shakespearean tragedy in a way. Um, I love sad movies and em really emotional stuff. Um, like m in more recent films, Moonlight like rocked my mm. world. Fucking became one of my favorite movies of all time instantly. <laughs> um, like Sling Blade is another like huge one. I feel like I go all, all over the place. Martin Scorsese's work all, from, you know, back to the 70s to now. As much as I love horror, I also love really emotional character focused storytelling. Like American Honey is another newer one that I really, really rocked me. I haven't seen that one yet. I need to. You've got to check it out. That it made me turn me on to that director, Andrea Arnold and. I sought out her previous work and one of her Oscars or one of her short films, I believe was Oscar nominated. And Oh, wow. Wow. She is a, her work is just so raw. I mean, it is incredible the way she captures stuff. Like you feel like this can't even be acting, but it's not a doc. I mean, it's a narrative, but it's just so, so real. It's unbelievable. All right. I'll put that one on my list. <laughs> Well, Jill, let's talk Halloween. Before we get into our tricks and our treats, are there any Halloween traditions that you and your family have that you do every year? Well, I like to do a lot of the, I feel like, cheesy things that maybe <laughs> a lot of people do, like um, on actual Halloween. Now, I'm not trying to make myself sound like I'm 90, but now that I'm not 21 <laughs> anymore and like super concerned with going to a bar or a party on Halloween night, I'm now most excited to pass out candy and like decorate my house extra scary nice to the point that i've had like kids too scared to even walk up to my door and i'm not even doing <laughs> that much yet honestly um <laughs> but i love to pass out candy and decorate uh the house um that's awesome 
And I normally just put on a witch costume and sit out front. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Witch costume. That's cool. Any other like um, favorite costumes that you've had for Halloween other than the witch? I've done a lot of them, but I, I guess one of my favorites might be when I, I did a leather face one year and Chainsaw is oh, my favorite nice. horror movie. But I... I am not good at special effects makeup, let's say that. But I attempted to make a mask <laughs> out of latex. So I actually like put all this weird shit on my face to make it look like skin. Um, and just I have this apron that's covered in blood that I still bring out from time to time. You can re <laughs> repurpose it for so many costumes. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Leatherface, that's another piece of influence for the stylist i think somebody wearing Absolutely. somebody else's uh you know yeah oh that's all i'll say uh all right halloween special jill are you ready to get to this list tonight i am ready you know what's gonna happen you know what's happening to you right now huh? you know what's gonna happen no no no, no. Words? no. you just made the list as we do for the halloween special we're going to be giving a recommendation each for specific categories. These categories change every year. But this year, our categories are a slasher film, a film about something possessed, which can be a person, an animal, an inanimate object, literally anything, a vampire movie, a creature feature slash monster movie, and then finally the last one is a wild card recommendation. Literally whatever you want to throw out there for that category we can do. So, um, Jill, I'll ask you, which category do you want to start with? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> which one to start with? That's, uh, I don't even know. Um, let's start with Something Possessed. Something Possessed. All right. Why don't you give us your pick for Something Possessed? This is one of my favorite movies, period. Okay, that sounds ridiculous. Um, Idle Hands. It's my hand. It makes me do things I don't want it to do. Columbia Pictures presents The Touching. <gasps> Sorry about your bush. Stirring. What are you doing? CPR, man. I saw it on Baywatch. Gripping story. Okay, that wasn't my fault. Of a boy and his hand. Kinky. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Idle Hands. That's Shewin's best costume. Rated R. I love that you can describe it as a satanic stoner horror comedy. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not like a huge horror comedy person, but this would be my favorite for sure. Um, Devin Sawa, you grew up a huge fan of him. Seth Green, Jessica Alba, this whole cast is crazy. All of oh, I forgot the she was in that. Beginning of their careers. And his, you know, his hand becomes possessed and, you know, the, the whole idle hands are the devil's playthings is the whole concept of the film and he cuts off his hand and if i can all shit ensues from there and i learned that the hand a million years later i learned that the hand is the same actor who did the hand in uh adam's family and no i'm like kidding. wow this is like a special talent and how do they green screen out his whole body in the whole fucking movie it's incredible but no to the movie itself it's fucking hilarious uh, I just think it's so much fucking fun. Like the opening Sawa's sorry, but spoiler alert, this movie's 30 years old. People. <laughs> but um, Sawa's parents have been killed and he's a stoner and it takes like days for him to even realize it. And um, it's just so fucking great. The effects are incredible. It's so much fun. 
Hey, I'm putting this on my October viewing list. Idle Hands from, it came out in 1999. By Rod Funder. I got to meet him at a festival and I like must have probably freaked him the hell out. I was so geeked <laughs> out. I was like, dude, this is the best movie. It needs to become a little bit more of a cult classic at this point. Like everyone thinks of Devin Sawa on Final Destination, but this one is fucking incredible. Yeah. The touching story of a boy in his right hand. <laughs> <laughs> amazing tagline it's funny that you picked a horror comedy for your something possessed because i also picked a horror comedy for my something possessed this is probably one of my more ridiculous picks and this is from 1990 it's a movie called i bought a vampire motorcycle most good motorcycles run on gasoline this is a bad motorcycle it runs on blood Unfortunately, the bike's previous owner is now dead. One and a half grand's a bit heavy for a crashed bike. Ah, the bike's not been crashed. The last owner didn't die on it. Had an accident with a crossbow. Nick Oddie is the machine's new legal owner, but he will never have true possession of it because it's already possessed by someone or something else. Have you seen this movie before? (laughs) No, I have not even heard of it. (laughs) Okay, this is a real goofy one. The tagline on this is, most motorcycles run on petrol. This one runs on blood. It's a British (laughs) movie. It's a British horror comedy. It stars Neil Morrissey from the British show Men Behaving Badly. And he's also probably most known as the UK voice of Bob the Builder. It also has Amanda Knorr, who wasn't really in much after this, aside from a couple of episodes of a TV show. But it's about this motorcycle gang that kills this guy in the middle of like a satanic ritual and the evil spirit that he was summoning instead of inhabiting him inhabits his his motorcycle and then the bike is bought and restored by a guy who has no idea of this thing's true nature and (laughs) the bike starts trying to exact vengeance on the gang and anybody else who gets in its way it is a blast it's a really amusing amusing like um vehicle run amok film in the same vein as like Maximum Overdrive or 1989's Blades. One of the things I like about this is that the motorcycle, it looks cool, but it also has a personality to it as it drives around and terrorizes people. <laughs> it's It's got these like straw, almost like um, they're giant fangs, but they look like straws that come out next to its wheel. So it'll like prop itself up on something and and then extend those things into somebody's neck and it has some good practical gore in here the the comedy element is really goofy i think some of it is like a uh, lost in translation thing between british comedy and where i'm from the united states but you know what i have an appetite for that sometimes and one of my favorite bits for example like one of the pieces of comedy in here is that the motorcycle flings a guy off after it runs itself into a car and the guy flies through a window into a coffin which then <laughs> closes like that's that's the kind of comedy you're getting there's also a dream sequence that needs to be seen to believe i'm not even going to spoil what that dream sequence has in there it's directed by a guy named dirt campbell who i think this was his only theatrical feature length film He's still directing for TV currently, mainly like family-friendly sitcom stuff. But if you want something really light and really silly on Halloween, this is not going to be for everybody. 
But look, it's it's called I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle, and the <laughs> title should tell you exactly what you're getting into. So that's my horror comedy, or uh, my Something Possessed, the horror comedy, I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle from 1990. That does sound extremely silly and over the top. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Is it, it family is. friendly? No, I wouldn't say it's oh, family okay. friendly. Because sometimes uh, I, I, also, I still do hair, and people ask me for younger recommendations <laughs> and it sounded like maybe but maybe you're not you're saying <laughs> it's a little gory but it, i mean if you're you know if it's a 13 or 14 year old i would say yeah. it's probably safe any younger than that probably not where are we going next jill um let's do vampire film all right i guess that goes right in line with what i just did there because my my uh, yeah. vampire motorcycle could have gone into that too what's your vampire film for 2022 um, this is a random, might be somewhat under the radar film called Kiss of the Damned. I'm Paolo. Trina, I have a skin condition where I can't be exposed to the sunlight. Will you let me in? I can't. Is this about your illness? Yes. Whatever it is you have, I will deal with it. Just let me in. You tell me you're a vampire. What do you think happened last night? Are you kidding me? There's nothing to worry about. You're safe. By Zan Cassavetes, yes, John Cassavetes' daughter, and Gina Rowland, the iconic indie filmmaker and actor. Um, I can't remember how I finally discovered, you know, felt found came upon this film. It's incredibly like crazy, super sexy, kind of sleazy romance novel style vampire story. <laughs> sure, sure. I Which think, a lot of those are, you know. I mean, you know, it's that. There's all often in your vampire film, it's very sexy. There's some romance going on and we've got gothic, you know, settings and clothing. Everything is very sexy and romantic. Yeah. Um, this is very much that. And there's two sisters who are vampires. And then there's a human man and one of them falls in love with him. Of course, there's that. That's a common trope in vampire stories as well. Uh -huh. The you know the tragic of tragedy of the vampire and the human that can't be together and um, it is crazy sexy and is super stylish. Everyone in the film is is so attractive. I should have written down their names. Dude from <laughs> This Is Us is in it before he was in all that shit. <laughs> okay. What the okay. hell? Oh, that? I know who you're talking guy. about. Yeah. Why can't I think? Yep. Of Milo. Um, yes. Milo Ventim Ventimiglia. It's just sexy is all hell there's jealousy and um romance and i i can really fall for that kind of stuff i'm gonna say <laughs> it. i'll admit it um but it's also just super stylish really well-made movie and it's just like i feel like embraces what it is which is like a like i said like it reminds me of a one of those romance novels with like a, <laughs> you know sexy people with their clothes falling off of them in the front a woman in a corset. It's the whole thing. Um, and it's well made. It's And I loved it. 
All right, that's Kiss of the Dam. This is one that I haven't heard of. Initially, when you said the title, I I was thinking of Queen of the Dam. Yeah, but um, so this damned. is from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a great pick. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love doing these Halloween episodes is because I always learn about something that I didn't know about before, and so I'm gonna have to seek out Kiss of the Damned. The Cassavetti's name has me interested already. Yes, I mean, holy shit! And I just started watching John's direct directorial work. I have. Of course, seen him Rosemary's Baby. Of course, we've all sure. Seen but I would just started like someone turned me on to it and was like, "You should really study his work because I'm trying to look at certain stuff." And pretty incredible. Yeah, she's like filmmaking royalty. <laughs> I know the pedigree there. That's great. Well, my vampire movie is at, it, it's the one that I think goes against type on our lists here. This is. My Halloween pick for those people who don't necessarily love horror movies, but want to watch something fun with splashes of horror film elements within as, you know, as trick or treaters come to the door. My vampire recommendation here is from 2022. It's a movie called Day Shift. Vampire hunting is a business. Cut necks and cash your checks. Well, things have changed since you got your ass kicked out the union. If I don't come up with 10K. My wife and my daughter are gonna move the floor. Hi, Dad. You're late again. And the union is the only place that could give me that kind of money. Your record is chock full of incidents. But he's a new man. One last chance. This is your final warning. Let's get cracking. Oh, no! Vampires just tried to kill me. Now I just pissed my favorite fucking hey, show. Hey, hey, everybody pisses themselves the first time. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. you? No, I, no, no, I didn't. But, but listen, you did. It's Jamie Foxx as the lead. He's really, really great. I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'll say that it starts out with him arriving to this house as a pool cleaner. And as he goes into the backyard, we notice that this house has four air conditioners all running full blast. And he has this bag. He pulls out an arsenal out of this bag and then breaks into the house because we find out almost immediately that his job is just a front. He's a vampire hunter. The film does a really great job in building up this world where there's an underground vampire hunting union complete with like their own guidelines, their own union reps, as well as the struggles that non-union vampire hunters face in that world. There's like different species of vampires. It just does a really good job of setting this world up for us. And uh, Jamie Foxx is one of these guys who's not in the union, but he's trying to rejoin the union. And one of the vampires he's killed was the daughter of the San Fernando Valley vampire leader, and they want revenge. So that's like the setup for this movie. It's got great supporting roles from Dave Franco as Jamie Foxx's union rep. Uh, Snoop Dogg's in here in a really <laughs> fun role as this grizzled old vampire hunter. Normally, I don't like him acting in movies, but I thought he was really, really good in this. Nice. It's just a, a great blend of action comedy, and it still has horror sensibilities with the way the vampires move and attack. The uh, The stunt people were actually all Cirque du Soleil dancers. Oh, and wow. And so they're extremely, yeah, they're extremely um, bendable, and the stuff that they do, most of it is practical, and it looks fantastic. There's a pair of brother vampire hunters in here called the Nazarian brothers. I would love to see a spinoff with these guys. Um, one of them is Scott Adkins. 
I forgot the other guy's name, but they help Jamie Foxx out with this vampire house raid. And it's one of the coolest action scenes that I've seen this year. It's also got a great car chase of your action stuff. And um, it's got some killer needle drops, especially if you're a West Coast rap fan like me. From the beginning, we we follow like Jamie Foxx's truck through the San Fernando Valley and California Love is the first song playing. I knew I was in good hands. It's got Ice Cube, ODB, Ice-T, Snoop. So again, it's, it's not straight up horror, but it has plenty of gore, a lot of nods to other horror films. Like even the last shot of the movie is a reference to The Lost Boys. And um, reviews have been mixed on this, but I had a lot of fun. And if you're into Blade or I'd say even something like Fright Night, this is a really, really good time. That's a day shift from 2022. Yeah, I've really been wanting to watch it. You should. You should. And this one, um, like I said, it's it's gory. But again, 13, 14 year olds, I think I think you'll be all right watching this movie. All right. So we've got our something possessed movies on the board. We've got our vampire movies on the board. Where are we going next, Jill? Let's go to slasher film. All right, slasher. I know you love the slasher genre. So do I. Uh, What do you got for your slasher film? I've got The Ranger from, I think it's 2018. Stabbing a cop is serious time. Chelsea's got a place in the woods. My uncle died. You really want to be a part of this? Like classic outlaws. Chelsea, that guy bothering you? The mountain's closed. It's Chelsea's mountain. She's got a house up there. Chelsea, tell him. How about that? Yo, it actually exists. Here's being alive. Hey! Do you remember me? Have you seen the the Ranger? I have not even heard of the Ranger, so I am all ears right now. Awesome. Yeah, it's a kind of I feel like it was decent, did decently well in the horror nerd world. Um, played festivals 2018. I can remember that for sure. But so yeah, it's about a group of punk rock kids that are like on the run from the police, and so they're out in this park and fucking off and destroying shit the way punk kids do and (laughs) there's a ranger in this park that takes the rules very seriously so this movie is like major comedy in it um horror comedy and um our not to spoil things but our main character she has you, you get to know her a little bit in the flashbacks and kind of the connections to this situation. And, but um, the kills are incredible. The characters are great. The ranger is played by Jeremy Holm, who has done a lot of serious roles. He was in the first season of House of Cards playing this like super evil character. Um, I just got to work with him on a film, actually. He's the most incredible person to work <laughs> with. But um, the ranger is such a cool character. In fact, he the character itself is so fun that it just like begs for a sequel. He's just like when I say he takes the rules really seriously, it's very fucking funny. Like he'll recite <laughs> one of these like, you know, codes, like the number it is and the exact wording before he like kills somebody for doing something wrong, you know, like they're not supposed to do in the park, like litter or whatever it might be. And um it's just like the way that it's put together is just so iconic. Like it's like begging to be like 
you know, a costume and like a thing that's just carried on. It's just such a great concept alone. This like guy saying these rules and killing people and it's done so well. He has a very like Bruce Campbell vibe to him. This like, you know, like a big strong jaw and like just a great presence. Um, It's so fun. And the, the lead actress, Chloe Levine, I believe is how I pronounce it. Um, She is incredible. And it's just like, I feel like even they, Jen, the director, described it this way. It's like a, a Lisa Frank meets 80s punk slasher, like horror comedy. So it's just so fun, like very colorful, really cool designed film. That's just a blast and super gory. So much fun. The Ranger from 2018. Yes. I Okay, I got to find this. I had not heard of it. I just looked it up while you were talking. And just the poster alone. Oh, the poster is amazing. It's so awesome. <laughs> okay, I got I got to find that. As far as I can see, it's not on Blu-ray, which is a little disappointing. I'll have to see if it's streaming, but I am I'm excited to check that out. My slasher, it's it's actually you gave me a good segue because my slasher is also a lot of fun, very colorful, and has those throwback uh, like the throwback vibe mentality. It's from 2020, another newer film. This one's called The Last Matinee. Yes, I have seen this one. Yeah, I'm glad that you have. Uh, A lot of people probably haven't heard of this one, so you can probably pile on my love for it. Hopefully you can. Hopefully you didn't dislike it. Yes, I thought it was awesome. Great. Awesome. Yeah. This is a Spanish language film. Also, I think it also has the title of Red Screening, but it's about this Rainy day in 1993, there's a girl named Anna who takes over for her dad in the projectionist booth of a small failing theater that her family owns. And again, it's a failing theater. There's only a couple people in the theater to see the afternoon movie. And while the movie plays, people start getting killed one by one. If you like movies like Scream or films that have characters who like films, I think this will be right up your alley. If you like Jallo movies, it's right up your alley there. The killer look is it's definitely like I know what you did last summer with the raincoat, the black gloves. Yes. One of the things that this movie does really well is we spend a good amount of time with the people in the theater before the killing starts. And I think that's the fact that it takes its time getting into things is really a benefit. We get to meet like a a kid who's not supposed to be in the theater couple of old guys there to watch movies, two people on this date that's not going well, and then a couple of high school kids. But the kills are really brutal. There's a lot of blood. We get slashed throats, stabbings, a skewering. There's some eye trauma in here. There's a really (laughs) cool shot of this guy getting his throat cut while walking out for a cigarette break, and the smoke just like pours out of the throat slash which I thought was great. And it sounds like the ranger has this in common where there's just um, like a really cool look to the movie. The aesthetic yeah. in the last matinee is very neon. And the uh, the people in the theater, they have this certain glow from the projection screen that I just really adored in this. And I, I just love this movie. It's directed by a guy named Maximiliano Contenti, who had directed a lot of short films before this i'm excited to see what he does next i don't know that he has anything on the docket like it his imdb profile doesn't show anything i'm sure he's cooking something up but if you're again if you're into physical media this disc has a bunch of the shorts that he did before and uh, you can see that he's just super talented so yeah my slasher film is the last matinee from 2020 you liked it too it sounds like 
I did. In fact, I was sitting here trying to rack my brain of where I saw it. I couldn't remember if I saw it at a festival. Um, and if it was the film where at one point when they walk out of the theater, there's a neon sign for a hair salon behind them. And I, <laughs> I could not forget it. I, I also love neon signs and using it to, to cast that kind of light. Um, yeah, it's a, an awesomely designed movie. Jill, we got our creature feature up next. Creature feature slash monster movie, one of my favorite genres. What do you got for your creature feature? I tried to do a lesser talked about film again. Um, Exists by Eduardo Sanchez, who Blair Witch Project, a huge director. Brian, yeah. when was the last time you felt the tender touch of a woman? Uh, Brian just needs to be touched by another human being. Oh, Brian said sex life alone. Leave Brian alone! <laughs> you ladies gonna get down next? Whoa! Oh, I don't want to we, go. Go. we are officially in un-GPS territory, look. Uh, rolling deep in the woods. Bro, your uncle has a cabin out here? <laughs> yeah, dude. Is that it? Yeah. Seriously. Trust me, guys, it looks a lot better in the daylight. You gotta be kidding me, man. Ew. I went out and I bought one of these bad boys. We're gonna have the best YouTube video ever. Looks like a little love walk going on. I shouldn't be shooting this. What the hell is that? There's something over there! I'm a huge, huge fan of the original Blair Witch Project. And I've loved most of uh, Ed Sanchez's work. He did like Lovely Molly. Um, I'm trying to think what the other ones were, but not lots of, you know, like I think Blair Witch is an incredible found footage film that it can never be done on that that good again. Um, but so exists what is a found footage film, and it's it's about it has it's involves Bigfoot, and I that's really all I knew going in. I was incredibly skeptical because I was like, oh, God, how are they going to do uh, found footage again? Because they already like are the kings of doing it the once. And then and I was very skeptical of a Bigfoot film working. I love Bigfoot as an idea, but it not and it not being funny because this is approached in like a serious way. I mean, there's a tiny bit of comedy in it because it's like a group of teenagers in the woods and they run into a Bigfoot. And um but it, the found footage, actually, the, that approach worked incredibly well. And it's like, because it, because it's filmed that way, we only get glimpses of the monster. And I found that awesomely effective because I don't want to see it too much. You know, that's kind of, I think, the monster movie thing that we say, like the Jaws thing, like hold it back from us as much as you can. Yeah, less is more. And so it was just like, I remember even the specific sequence where they're riding their bikes and, and big, this like creatures running through the woods. And so you're just barely getting a glimpse of it, like, because all the movements happening and through the trees. And I, it was just so, such an incre incredible, like, realization of the idea. I was like, wow, this is actually works so fucking well. And then I love how a lot of monster movies and Bigfoot especially ultimately those are kind of more s sympathetic stories in the end and about how we as humans misunderstand them and turn them into monsters when they weren't trying to do anything wrong in the first place. Yeah. So I love movies like that where that's kind of the message about monsters. Um, and that's definitely 
happens here in, in its own way. Um, I mean, I thought it, it was just blew me away. I was so, like so skeptical of it and found it incredibly touching in the end and badass. That's another one I haven't seen. You're giving me all kinds of stuff to, bat- <laughs> to add to my list here. I appreciate that. I really that. tried. I was like, I can't do any <laughs> obvious ones for any of these. No kidding. And that that's uh, that's the beauty of having somebody who loves horror on this. You get the, some of those deep cuts. My creature feature is not really a deep cut. It is in theaters now. So oh, it's man. brand new. I'm going to be as vague as possible with this one. I'm not even going to describe the creature aside from saying that the design is unique and terrifying. Have you seen Barbarian? No. Well, I, I'm not going to say anything. You I'm not going to say anything more. You better more. not spoil it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything because I'm very adverse to spoilers. All I will say is that uh, it is a really interesting setup. Justin Long is in this movie, and this is a career best performance for Justin Long. I am not even joking when I say that I think he should be considered by the Academy for his performance in this. I know he won't be because they don't like horror movies for some reason, but he plays his character perfectly. And um, again, to say more about his character would be kind of getting into spoiler territory. Bill Skarsgård is in this. He I mean, most of you probably know him as Pennywise from the new It movies. He's fantastic in here. Georgina Campbell is in this as a character named Tess, and she's really, really great. And the film just takes these weird left turns at points that if you walked out to go to the bathroom and then walked back in at a certain point, you might think you were in a completely different movie. (laughs) And for some reason, it just works. Like, it's just awesome. The film is so gripping, keeps you on edge the whole time. The atmosphere is really, really tense, and it's legitimately unsettling. It's, It's really scary. And after it was over, I saw it was written and directed by Zach Kreger, who was part of the Whitest Kids You Know group, the uh, sketch comedy group. And it's just, it's just so cool. Like with him and Jordan Peele, the sketch comedy kids are coming yeah. with some serious horror chops. And uh, his comedic roots do shine through here. There are some laugh out loud moments. And it also plays with genre tropes based on the actors who are in it to like subvert expectations like Jordan Peele did with Allison Williams and Get Out. It's also got a lot to say about how men and women are forced to approach similar situations in completely different ways. I can't say enough about Barbarian, but go watch it and go watch it with an audience. I'm sorry I had to be so vague with this one, but you need to get to the theater and see this movie with a crowd because it is a blast. Man, I have got to see it ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I normally try to see any theatrical horror that Thursday that it comes out before anyone starts talking about it it's like the internet will ruin ruin it for me (laughs) yep 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 i i'm again i didn't really i didn't spoil anything um you might even debate the category that it's in so after you see it just let me know and we can chat about a little bit more (laughs) awesome i've got to see it this weekend before it gets too late yes yes all right we've got our last pick here this is a wild card we can throw whatever we want out here for this What's your wild card? My wild card is a film from last year, or, you know, technically, I don't know if that's the theatrical and then it came out officially this year, but it's called Censor by <clears throat> Prano Bailey Bond. This depiction is dangerous. Come on, ain't it? I'm cutting it. 
butchery, sadism, murder. A wave of depraved and corrupt horror video. Confusing fiction with reality. Doug Smart, producer, Ident Investment Films. Maybe Enid could watch my latest Frederick North submission. Wanted a woman's eye on this film. It's a film out of the UK. You've seen it? I have. I have it on my shelf right now. Awesome. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, so Sensor <laughs> actually started as a short film, like my movie, The Stylist. I like to brag because although her movies way cooler than mine probably um <laughs> it's uh i wouldn't say that just different than yours it and it, it the her short was out the same year as mine so it's kind of cool that we followed the same trajectory with our shorts to feature but um yeah so censor is about a woman who works as a censor for like censoring films in the uk back in the 80s when i mean we went on for longer than that but when they were incredibly harsh on censoring films like you know even the original texas chainsaw didn't come out in the uk till like the late 90s i believe um and so you know these films would get dubbed video nasties which which was really a a badge of honor for horror movies and made everyone (laughs) want to watch them but so it's about a woman who works doing that and she a certain film and project leads her it's hard to describe it without spoiling it as well because it's so new um right but a film, you know, specific film leads her on this journey that connects to her own past. So it's it's a film who's which like manages to be badass horror movie while also having this like extremely inte- like intelligent depth and emotional depth to it. Um with incredible performances and like the lines between reality and what's what's a movie and reality blur and it just becomes a madness it's a hard movie to describe i feel like without just telling you the whole thing um it's incredible fucking incredible and second sight films i believe put out a badass blu-ray is that what you have i have the vinegar syndrome second sight oh, i think okay. did put one out overseas. which is uk okay vinegar syndrome yeah. did it here i wasn't i need the physical copies still i go around championing the film everywhere and i don't have the physical (laughs) yet but i watched it many times this movie's great if you're into the video nasty culture which a lot of horror fans probably are this is a an essential viewing it's it plays with formats it plays with aspect ratios it's got the it, it reminds you of all these horror movies that you've seen before just in a new way and the disc from vinegar syndrome is packed it has two commentaries a ton of different features it, it's amazing so yeah definitely seek that out and um, it's part of their vinegar syndrome um presents line so i think they're the ones who like distributed it yeah and uh it it's a great package for a second there when you said it came out last year I was thinking, boy, we might have the same wild card. Uh, We don't, but mine follows similar things. I think it came out in festivals in 2020, had a wide release last year in 2021. And outside of Top Gun Maverick, this is my favorite discovery that I've seen this year. It is 2021's Spontaneous. Hey, Mara. This is the guy. This is Pick Dylan. Ew! You sent her a no, that would be gross. He sent me pictures of Richards. <laughs> That's worse. Can't keep me down any longer. Tell me something, just for me. First time I saw you, Jed tried wrapping his arm around you. <laughs> it was a good first impression. Exploding 
Caitlyn was cute, airy, hardly a reason to pop like a zit. What happened? Caitlyn exploded. What? Like, like a bomb? No, like a balloon. What? Will I get these back? Do you want these back? And the hell are they gonna let us out of here? When they know it's not gonna happen again. Then what's gonna happen again? It happened again a lot. You know you Listen, everyone's scared. Duh, duh. Kids are literally blowing up. Have you seen Spontaneous? I have not. Oh my gosh, I it's avoided to this. To my top of my list. You, you got to watch it. Out of all the movies on my list, this is the one I feel most strong about. This is a film that I avoided initially because the poster is bad. Like when it's it's streaming on Prime right now, and when you pull up the movie on Prime, the poster it's a bad poster. But don't let that trick you. It is an amazing film. It's a coming of age love story where you have these students at a high school that begin exploding, like spontaneously combusting at random times. <laughs> it's like uh, not all at once, like one student blows up and everybody's like, what happened? And then the next student doesn't blow up for like a week. So nobody knows why it's happening. The FBI comes in, scientists come in. And we're trying to figure out why this is happening. But there's these seniors named Mara and Dylan, and they are falling in love during this this stuff that's going on. Now, I've said it before on another podcast, but if you'd have told me that I'd be crying at the end of a film <laughs> with the premise of people randomly popping into nothingness, I would have told you you were crazy. But the love story and the characters in this film were so touching and so endearing that I almost immediately wanted to watch it again. And for me, that almost never happens. The main characters are played by Catherine Langford and Charlie Plummer. And they just, they're so genuine and the relationship is so heartfelt. The film goes to some dark places. It's fairly lighthearted, but there is a scene of intensity that kicks off the third act that's going to shock people. And the third act is really people dealing with the event that's happening. All the supporting cast members are fully realized and interesting, including but not limited to a group of trope-busting supportive football team, like players on the football team. They're hilarious. There's a set of weed-dealing twins. Mara's parents are great, played by Rob Hubel and Piper Parabo. It's just a really, really great movie. It was written and directed by Brian Duffield, who wrote and directed Underwater, which could have easily been my creature feature. He's super talented. He brought the best out of these actors. Made me instant fans of both of them. Catherine Langford easily became one of my new crushes. Charlie Plummer basically became a new crush for me, too. They're just, like, so talented. It's smart. It's sweet. And it's also a thought-provoking allegory for school shootings in that you can literally be with somebody one second and they're gone the next while you were in a place that you thought was safe. I cannot recommend Spontaneous enough. It is uh, it's one of those rare movies that will make you laugh out loud and will make you cry as well. I'm sold. I am sold on coming of age love stories and all the things that you said. <laughs> but then I, I had to look it up. You are right. The poster is not helping. anybody. No. Yeah, it's a bad poster. But, you know, when you when you at the beginning of the show, we're talking about how you like movies that are really emotionally heavy. This is one that I think you're going to really love. Yeah, I've got to check it out. All right. Look at that. We have 10 amazing recommendations, really 11 if we talk about adding the stylist onto your list of Halloween must-watch movies. 
Jill Gavargazian, thank you so much for coming on the show. What do you have on the horizon that you can talk about in terms of uh, what's coming up next for you? Well, the stylist, even though I've talked about that probably to death to everyone at this point, um, <laughs> is still screening all over the place, which is exciting. They might have already happened now that this is screening in October or playing in October. Um but yeah, I'm going to a few festivals this fall for the film, and I actually am in part. I was interviewed for a documentary about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre called "The Legacy of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre" that will be part of Second Sight Films' uh, restoration release of the movie. It's a feature length documentary, so I was geeked out to be part of that. Um, but also a film I have helping produce, and I. I did hair on for the first time. I've been a, a professional hairstylist for a, you were the stylist a million years, yes. <laughs> but I've never done hair on a movie, and you know, I did it on my friend John Pata's film called Black Mold, and we shot it in March. We're in deep in post production now. Actually, John Pata he he edited the stylist, so we're all. It's all actually most of the same team that worked on Black Mold, worked on the stylus. We're one big film family. Nice. So, yeah, and always I'm doing lots of writing and trying to get stuff moving, but I wish I can't wait to be directing again, honestly. I can't wait to see what you have up next. And I will put links to social media and I'll put links to buy the Blu-ray for the stylus in the show description. So go and check that out if you want more of Jill's work. Jill, thanks so much for coming on the show. I had a blast and I got some great recommendations to put on my watch list. I can't wait to watch The Ranger. Thank you so much for having me on. And I've got gr great recommendations too. I'd only seen one of your four. Let's put a bow on these Halloween recommendations. Our picks for Something Possessed were Idle Hands and I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. Our picks for Vampire Flicks were Kiss of the Damned and Day Shift. Our slasher picks were The Ranger from 2018 and The Last Matinee. Our monster slash creature features were Exists and Barbarian. Our wildcard picks were 2020's Censor and 2020's Spontaneous. This show was executive produced by Rupert Bumblestein, Musa Mahmood, and Peter Bader from the Middle Class Film Class. Remember to review Force 5 wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about the show. Tell them to become list nerds with us. Those two free, simple things can really help the show audience grow. And of course, if you want more Force 5, you want to support me with your hard-earned dollars, head to patreon.com backslash Force 5. You can find Force 5 on social media at Force5Pod on Twitter, at Force5Podcast on Instagram, and you can always talk film with me over on the Cinematics Facebook page. Theme song today comes courtesy of Nate Spears, and the Top 5 List Bumper was produced by me with music from Audio Binger. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and happy Halloween.